This is the Steve Zabin Show. You don't know what the hell you're doing! On the Team 980 and the Team980.com. What the hell is he doing? Here he is, the Zabe. The NFL schedule is out, and we are going to dig into it this afternoon with the Redskins. Not a single primetime game amidst the 16 contests of professional tackle football. I checked all the teams the Redskins are playing. They're all professional teams. No barnstorming teams, no college senior teams, no semi-pro teams. Nope, these are all professional teams with good players, a full coaching staff, and an organization behind them aiming to do the best they can. The Redskins' over-under win total is at five and a half. How do you feel about the Redskins not making a single trip to prime time? And don't say, but we're on Thanksgiving. We're in the nap hole on Thanksgiving, Scott. We're, we are the, the game. We're the trip to fan special in the middle, you know? We're the game that's going to be missed by many families as they sit down to eat, usually in early afternoon, early evening. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying let's get real. Stop saying, well, we're on in prime time on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Us and the Lions are the only two teams with no prime time games. And the Lions' only, quote, prime time game is at noon on Thanksgiving. I mean, is that count as good morning? Time? Good yeah, morning, everybody. This is sure. this is what they think of us now. And what's crazy is that we used to get booked into Monday night and even Sunday night, even with no great delusion that we were going to be a world-beating team prior to the season starting, and we'd catch the normal NFC East media darlings the giants and the cowboys and the eagles and we'd catch them at home and we'd they'd show the games how much and this this could be a poll question put it up on twitter just came to me right now you don't have a poll question yet no i don't sometimes i let them come to me i let them i let the game come to me i don't force it how much of the apocalyptic disinterest at FedEx Field with its stripped-down girders and upper deck and mangy assortment of half-road fans, half-home. How much does that play into the networks no longer booking the Redskins in market number eight with tradition and rivals that used to get on TV despite how mediocre we might be scheduled to be? How much does that play into it? In other words... It's not so much the Redskins aren't expected to be much this year. It's that televising games in front of a crowd like that in a disfigured building such as FedEx is something the networks, A, may not want to do anymore, or more importantly, B, the league has said, don't show them on television. I'll put that up on the poll somehow. I don't know how I'm going to get it all into... 25 characters per answer, but that's just a thought that came to my mind. In the meantime, how you doing? Happy Friday, everybody. It is the Wait, Steve Zabin Show. Friday? Here will be, uh, it is Friday. Today's Friday. No, no. It's Friday. Ah! 
I would say this is uh, this is a weekend nobody's looking forward to. I mean, what a brutal punch of weather here. Uh, tomorrow morning we're going to get today's blech, miserable for mid-May. It's like we've moved to Rochester, New York or something. Don't take that entirely there, Mr. Walker. You know I'm going to come back to it in a second. A little bit louder so I can hear the post. Here we go. Come on now. Sunday might be okay. Here we go. And it's Mother's Day on Sunday. And I'll just throw this out there. Can I get some feedback from anyone that wants to, either on Twitter or on the text machine? 330-99-ZABE. What are you uh, planning to do for Mother's Day? You know, I would love to get together with my mom and our family. But I don't know if my mom cares to do that. You know, my mom and my dad, bless their hearts, you know, they're 80-plus years old. And we know the risk factors there. Um, But at the same time, me and my whole family, we haven't gone anywhere in 58 days or whatever the number is. For the most part, not gone anywhere. We've gone out, obviously, to the grocery store and a few other places. I would like to get together. As long as we're not, you know, tackling each other and giving each other 50-minute hugs indoors. I don't want to sit on lawn chairs out on the driveway or do a drive-by, wave-by, how you doing. But you know what? It's not my call, Scott. It's going to have to be whatever my mom and my dad are comfortable with. It's awkward, you know? It's like I want to... Gently say, look, I think we can get together indoors at a reasonable distance and time. But it's not my call. It's their call. So I'm just going to tread lightly. Uh, What about you and your family? How are you handling this? You know, Mother's Day weekend, you'd like to get together with the family. Hell, we we haven't seen my mom and dad because they've been in Arizona all winter. And this would be the first chance to get together. We'd normally have a big, you know, to do and. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's your situation. I think we're going to do what you don't want to do. Not a drive-by, but sort of a, a park bench, driveway, parking lot sort of thing in the condo. Um, I was going to suggest to you, and I, I don't know thing. I'm no expert, but you could probably socially distance if they want to come to you or if you want to go to their, his house. A little barbecue out back, socially distanced, of course. You know, yeah. set up some yeah. deck furniture and sit responsibly and enjoy yourselves. Yeah, I would probably do that as well. But it's uh, this is why I just like to hear other people in this situation thinking uh, or, or just what your navigating of the social circumstance is regarding you, your parents, Mother's Day, and, you know, who who's going to make the call on this? Because believe me, in every family, mom, 
dad, brother, sister, sister-in-law, etc. There is a lot of different assessments of risk and willingness and different philosophies about life and fear and probabilities and everything else involved. So who is the one that makes the call or who is the one that's making the call in your family situation? And has it already gotten awkward? Has it gotten awkward to the point where somebody in your family is like, you know what? I want to get together. Here's how we're going to do it. It'll be perfectly fine. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to live our life forever in fear, blah, blah, blah. And somebody else is like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) You know what I mean? And would it change if the jurisdiction, if the government of the state you're in, Maryland, Virginia, or D.C., for whatever reason, had moved the state or whatever into a phase, like phase two. It's okay, Mom, we're in phase two now. We can meet at our house, and we're not going to sit cheek to jowl, ten across at the table like always, but we're going to be indoors. Because that's the thing. It normally would be a good outdoor weekend. We're getting boned here because, you know, outdoor responsible (laughs) gathering with your mom and family. I mean, look at the weather. Yeah, I want to wear a coat and sit on a lawn chair outdoors this weekend. Although, I guess Saturday or Sunday is going to be, what, 60? Yeah, Sunday's supposed to be uh, 64 and partly sunny, so it'll be a lot nicer. But, I mean, you're in an interesting situation. Lots of people have a wife and both moms, either mom or mom-in-law and or, like me. I, I live with the mother of my children. She's still my wife. My mom's 15 minutes away. My mother-in-law is six minutes away. So we're right. always doing catch-as-catch-can. But this time, it is going to be catch-as-catch-can. And you're right. Who makes the call? The most mobile person makes the call these days. We're coming to see you. Yeah. Here's what time. Love you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, tough, tough. Uh, I mean, challenging way to navigate this, but I'm sure people will. I just want to hear your input on that. All right. Back to sports here. Redskin schedule. I'm okay with it, you know. I mean, from a convenience standpoint, and I seem to sense this from a number of other fans, 1 o'clock works for all of our schedules. <laughs> we don't have anything planned for 1 o'clock on Sundays. Give us all the ones you can. Uh, there's one team, I forget who it was. Oh, the Jaguars. The Jaguars have a league-high 14 1 o'clock games. <laughs> I mean, there you go right there. We are not amongst the league's elite, at least in perception, and that's fine with me. Uh, Like I said, they're all professional teams. I I can see seven or eight wins in here. I can. Uh, And, again, this might just be the, the, you know, off-season delusion setting in. I'm predicating everything on Dwayne Haskins making a jump, making a step taking what he showed in flashes inconsistently and then parlaying that into a more structured and consistent output at the position. If he can do that, then yes, seven, eight, nine wins is in the ballpark. If it's another season in which the inconsistencies of rookie Dwayne Haskins merely plays out over the course of 16 games Or, God forbid, not that I'm rooting for it or wishing for it, never, but it's reality if there's a regression, if there's a step back, which does happen in sports, let's all be honest, then it's going to be a year of tough sledding. The defense will carry the day to a large extent in a number of games, but we all know 
no matter how good your defense is in the NFL, at some point somebody has to score points. And that is still going to be the key if this team wants to win six, seven, eight, well, seven, eight, nine games. Six games, I think six. To me, six should be a damn layup. They won three last year with Ding Dong Jay and with a, a smorgasbord of inadequate quarterbacking and with the uncertainty of a coaching change. I mean, they won three last year, and that was with Callahan to end out the year. I just – of course, they had the worst schedule in the league last year, and they still finished 3-13. and 13. Anything is possible. So we'll talk about the schedule. We'll start digging into it. And then there's a larger point about the schedule that absolutely stunned me when I saw it. And um, I'll talk about that next. What does it mean that the NFL has come out when week one guns a-blazing with certain teams in certain cities? All right. Text windows open, 330-99-ZABE. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm about to post the Twitter poll right now. We are up and running on a glorious Mother's Day Friday and frigid and rainy early May here in the DMV. Now back to the Steve Saban Show on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. All right, I got the poll question up. I don't know if I phrased it just right, but we'll see. Poll question of the day at Team 980 at Zabe. How much of the fact the Skins have zero primetime games have to do with the fact that FedEx Field is a ghastly, dystopian, fan wasteland of half and half, home away, and not a good TV environment? Look for the league. Here's some snickering. Is that <laughs> what? A ghastly, dystopian. Blah, ghastly blah. I looked up- and dystopian. Two. Is that a loaded? Too much? Too much? No, that's that's not heavy-handed at all. But it's right. Yeah. Like I'm being perfectly, soberly honest. You look around the league at other home environments and stadiums, and it's it's not like what we got. Even in aging stadiums like, say, uh, Buffalo's New Era Field, formerly Rich Stadium, that is an old, decrepit warhorse of a building. But because few fans from other teams are traveling up to Buffalo to infiltrate that stadium, Correct. and because their fans are diehard, when you see a game there, what do you see? You see this awesome cauldron of home field advantage. You see the Bills Mafia. You see the table right. slamming. You see the jumpers. Zabe, I'll go you one better or one worse. Who's the worst home crowd of recent vintage? So much so that, you know, half of their stadium is the road team. It's us. Aside think, from but, the, go to, go to oh, the other Oh, Dallas. The, the Chargers. Oh. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, the, the Chargers. Chargers two prime time games. They're both on the road, one in New Orleans, one at the Raiders. They even got wow. to prime time, but the networks are like, no, I'm, no, 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 no. No, you, right, you, we're good. You'll, you'll have your home games. Yeah. They'll be for the local market only. In your brand-new stadium, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, maybe I'm, if I'm being too flowery with my uh, negative writing, so be it. But I just think that's... The proper way to say it. So the question is, uh, how much of it is the fact that our home field looks 
and sounds terrible for TV that we don't have any primetime games. Whether you like primetime games or not, just you know, tell me that. A, everything, B, a lot, C, some, or D, nah, bad team. We've been booked into prime time with coming off bad seasons before. And sure. when Spurrier was here first year, I want to say, and I have to look into it, I want to say we had at least two night games at home under Spurrier first year. I'm pretty sure. Shouldn't a new coach bring new buzz, new sizzle? Who it is? What if Dwayne Haskins had been drafted, say, fifth overall this year? And we had a new coach. In, well, we do. You know, same thing. New coach and uh, Ron Rivera. Don't you think that would have been a little bit more appealing? Like, hey, you know, the skins could be something here. New coach, new quarterback. It's the fact that Rivera's a retread, so it's kind of meh. And you know, Haskins was here last year, played some eventually, and was up and down. Not that attractive. Currently, now a bad team is leading, but only a few tiny votes so far. So let me let the votes pile up just a bit before I start making any big sweeping conclusions. The larger thing that caught me, and I don't know what this means exactly, could be one of two things. We all thought, or at least a lot of people reported, the league would front load the AFC teams so that they could truncate the league if, or truncate the season, snip, if needed. Put all the cross-conference games early, and then if, you know, God forbid they can't start on time or whatever, snip, gone, 12-game season, we'll make the best of it. That didn't happen. There is, according to reports today from Shifty Schefter and others, that because Super Bowl, the Super Bowl's in Tampa and they can float it all the way to the end of February, that there's a pushback ability of the entire schedule, if needed, depending on circumstances in the ground on the ground in certain localities this coming fall. But look at this. Week one, prime time, Sunday night, Dallas at Los Angeles in the brand new SoFi Stadium. The most important stadium the league has opened in its one hundred year existence. Wow. Is, Not is just there any home games, by the way. I know, not just any home game against the, the Dallas Cowboys, Scott, America's team, the number one property of the National Football League. Just like doing that, sorry. Okay. And then, as if that wasn't enough of a signal, what's on Monday night as the first of the doubleheader, the New York Football Giants of New Jersey fame, at home against America's other team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. What does that say? Are we headed for a titanic clash of the most powerful institutions in America? The Shield... Versus, say, entire states and governors like California in a showdown of, oh, yeah, will too, uh-huh, will not. Or, alternate theory, Scott, somebody knows something. Somebody's been talking to somebody. Because you wouldn't want, if you're the NFL, 
to have to then go rearrange things at the last second if it looks bad. Or you certainly want to wouldn't want to schedule the Cowboys in what could be a fanless game in L.A. Put mm-hmm. somebody else there. Bury that Cowboy date later in the year. They're going, well, we could get some butts in the stands. This is either going to be the most titanic double middle finger of, oh, yeah, we'll see who wins this battle, or people at the highest levels have been talking to other people at the highest levels, and they've come to an agreement of sorts, like, hey, we're going to do this. Are you guys going to be our friends or not so friendly? Like, in other words, is it going to be a Judge Smale situation where he says, (laughs) <laughs> Danny, Danny, are you my friend, Danny? Are you my friend? Hey, Gavin Newsom, going to be our friend if we put There's the Cowboys money. in week one mm-hmm. at L.A. in our brand new stadium or not? Or there could be a third theory. I don't know. What do you make of the dramatic scheduling into the teeth of the two hardest hit states? Well, not hardest hit, but two states that everyone thinks might be the last ones to allow any kind of freedom of mass gathering in a sporting event. California and New York slash New Jersey. What 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 do you make of that? The one o'clock game between the Colts and the Jaguars could have just as easily been, hey, look where Phillip Rivers is these days. Let let's make that the Sunday night game. Or let's push yeah. that to the early game on Monday night. The Jags. Eh, you know, eh, whatever. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, Mike freaking Glennon, Leonard Fournette in his dying days in the Jaguar backfield, Marone right. and Gruden. Oh, let's build Marone. But instead, they throw at you Steelers Giants, major freaking home market. Unbelievable. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's, you mean, that's balls right there. Balls. The three choices cuts of Wagyu beef in this league. Our Cowboys, Steelers, Packers. There's some hot teams now, like the Chiefs, obviously, with Mahomes and other traditional teams, but the three most delicious cuts are right there. And two of the three right out of the gate week one. Now, it could be that the whole schedule, as Schefter reported, is on wheels and can just scoot three weeks back. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, though. I mean, I just got to believe you're talking about the power of the NFL is massive. And the people in the headquarters in New York City have to know many people high up in various governmental agencies, including the mayor's office, including the governor's state houses in both New Jersey and New York. You, You wouldn't think they would fly into this blind. You wouldn't think that the league would just go all Leroy Jenkins if they didn't have some good intel or an agreement or a tacit agreement or at least, I don't know, to go ahead and do this. Or it could just be me imagining things. I don't know. It's fascinating to me. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it, the schedule and seeing it laid out always, even in a non-pandemic, fills my heart with joy and anticipation as we say, you know what? This is going to be great. The fall is going to be fun. This is what we love. And I will never shy away from defending how wonderful this is as a part of our life, our culture, our sports, everything. And I can't wait. All right, 330-99-ZABE is the text number. Jump on in. They're piling up right now. Hit me on Twitter as well. Vote in the poll if you like. On the other side, we're going to talk to our friend Scott Allen from the Washington Post about, well, The capital situation, which you said in your update, they're going to release this moron, Brendan Leipzig. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but Scott Allen's good to talk about the intersection of uh, technology and sports. He's done pieces on this before. It's been quite a social media week with Giannis getting hacked and this Leipzig thing, uh, and it's going to continue to be an issue going forward uh, for athletes. So we'll talk to Scott Allen about that uh, coming up after the update. Scott has your update half an hour into the show here, as we'll see what news pops up before the day is out. You're listening to the Steve Zabin Show, not only here on the Team 980 in D.C., but proudly now in Richmond as well at ESPN Richmond, 99.5 FM and 1027 as well. The DMV Sports Desk on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. This year, Radio 1 celebrates 40 years of informing, inspiring, and entertaining the community. The D.C. Lottery and the Team 980, 95.9 FM team up to give you a chance to win the exclusive 40th anniversary Radio 1 Scratcher. With over $800,000 in cash and prizes, keep it right here for your chance to win. Scott Lynn with the latest. Caps have taken action. They've placed Brendan Leipzig on unconditional waivers for purposes of terminating his contract. NFL, of course, schedule out last night. Big old release party coast to coast. No primetime games for the Skins, but there is a Thanksgiving trip to Dallas. Joe Flacco out until early, early September, that is. He had neck surgery. He's currently a free agent quarterback. Mike Glennon, quarterback, signed by the Jags. NBA, Blazers, Cavs, Kings, among those attempting to open facilities on a limited basis today. ESPN reporting, per Woj, municipalities where coronavirus testing has become readily available for at-risk healthcare workers, teams opening those facilities for the voluntary workouts will be allowed to administer COVID-19 tests to asymptomatic players and staff. Woj adds, the Magic, the Lakers, and the Clippers are expected to be among those able to conduct coronavirus testing of every player and staff member re-entering facilities for workouts, regardless of whether they are experiencing symptoms. Racing, the COVID crisis redone NASCAR schedule is claimed events at Richmond, Sonoma, and Chicagoland. NASCAR says you can expect more calendar adjustments to come. This report, a service of Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score. And checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. DMV weather, 57, clouds in Silver Spring. Chance of rain rest of the way, temps dropping. Rain until later this evening, low 40s, sunny, windy, only 50 tomorrow. Some sun, mid-60s for your Mother's Day Sunday. Nobody really knows what time it is these days. Make sure you're waking up with our buddy, Kevin Sheehan Show, 6 to 9 a.m., Doc and Galdi, 9 to noon, B. Mitch at noon. Zabe Show takes you home 3 to 7 on the Team 980, 95.9 FM. More of the Zabe Show on this Friday, live from the 95.9 FM Team 980 studio. Steve, back to you. All right, thank you, Scott Lynn. Scott Allen joins us now from the Washington Post. A columnist, reporter, Man who covers things. How about that for an introduction? Hi, Scott. How are you doing? That's perfect. That about sums it up. Thanks for having, having me, Zabe. Good. What is, what is your actual title? Uh, sports reporter slash blogger, I would say. Certainly not a columnist. Okay. Okay. But, well, uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. I'll give you a promotion. I'll give you a promotion. <laughs> Scott's the guy. Wouldn't you agree, Scott Lynn? Scott's the guy usually we preface with. You know, there's a good piece by... Scott Allen in the post, you know, like a little sort of angle on something. I, <laughs> I, I put out the bad signal for you today, Scott, because of, you know, this incident with Brandon Leipzig and the continued yep. sometimes disastrous intersection 
of social media and today's athletes and the modern sports world. I mean, this was as bad of a social media car crash as I've seen. Would you agree? Yeah, no doubt. And I think this one is a a little bit different situation in that you had what Brendan Leipzig thought were private DMs. They they were private DMs. Yeah. Um, But by the same token, by now, if you're a public figure, if you're anybody, you should learn. If you write it down on the Internet in a text message, there's a chance, there's a decent chance that that becomes public. Um, But all of it, from when it did become public to uh, his kind of, I mean, I guess it it was an apology technically, but the the, the way he apologized, it's, it's, uh, it was not surprising in the least that he was uh, waived today. Yeah. I mean, it, it was clearly like, it'd be like driving a car and just losing control at a hundred miles an hour (laughs) and then wiping out into a tree where he clearly didn't ever think that would happen. But the, the carnage afterwards is significant. I mean, I almost think that his career is over because the way he goofed on teammates is going to lead to severe trust issues in any locker room where they may think he's worth the risk. I agree. I mean, he, he kind of hit the trifecta in the, in the DM with the misogyny, the joking and allusions to uh, recreational drug use. And then, as you mentioned, dissing on teammates. I mean, this is a guy who is on his fifth team or was on his fifth team in, in five years. He hadn't played since Kovalchuk was acquired. He's a fringe, you know, fourth line forward. You can find another one of those in the AHL, and you wonder, like you said, if he's going to get another chance. This could, uh, unfortunately for him, spell the end of his career. Scott Allen, Washington Post, joins us on the Zabe Show on this Friday, 95.9 FM, Team 980, Team 980 app, at Scott S. Allen is where you find him on Twitter. Scotty, what did you make of the apology? Buddy Barry's for Luger wrote beautifully and and just nailed it on, like, the 87 different levels. It was, okay, you apologizing because you got caught or you apologizing because you're really sorry? And do you even understand what you're sorry for? The the fact that he did, and I'll, I'll get your answer in a second because now I know I'm rambling, but the fact that he did say, <laughs> well, I was hacked, and none of you would have found this if it wasn't for the, yeah. the meddling hacker or whoever snapped this and then leaked it, blah, blah, blah. It seems like he's only sorry because this S got leaked. Yeah, I, totally. I think Barry nailed it. I mean, to start your apology off the bat by saying, you know, basically – I'm sorry that you had to see this. I thought this was private and it was hacked. And, and that's why you saw it. He's, he's sorry that it was leaked. You know, there was some, uh, he later ends with, you know, I hope to learn from this experience kind of very vague, you know, whatever. It's hard to believe him at that point. But I think Barry also mentioned the fact that he doesn't directly reference any of the people whose comments um, he probably most harmed or were most hurtful to, you know, just kind of this general, It wasn't quite, you know, I'm sorry if you were offended. He acknowledges that what he said um, was offensive. Uh, But, you know, it it just read like something that his agent cooked up quickly and he slapped it on there and and had it get out, you know, rather than a, a truly heartfelt apology where he's, you know, maybe behind the scenes he's he's reached out to these people that he um Reference in the DMs, you know, maybe we'll find that out later. But the apology, I mean, what we can go on, it just, it's just red hollow to me. 
And for those people who think, oh, this is this is too quick of a reaction, the Caps overreacted, I think above all else is the fact that he can't go back into that workplace without getting yeah. the stank eye and without some locker room justice eventually. I mean, the, the Caps are potentially yeah. have another title run on their racket. You can't be some BS distraction from a fourth liner. You know, if it's if this is Kuzi right. and the cocaine positive test, you get embraced. You were selfish back then. You didn't offend anybody. This time you took aim at current and former teammates. They can't have that around. Yeah, I think that's right. So you're not only looking at it from a perspective of if you're the NHL and you're the Capitals and you're espousing these, you know, hockey is for everyone, this inclusive trying to change what's considered hockey or athlete culture from decades of, of up that's one thing um but from the other as you say within that locker room i mean how does he step back into the facility you know if if hockey does return this season or if it's if it's next season um i think it'll be interesting to see if he does get another shot in the nhl just kind of what sort of retribution there is on the ice you know with with former teammates whose wives he he talked about and you know even players on the caps now that he dissed and, and nicked out and, and Garnet Hathaway. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see if, if he does get another shot in the NHL, but, but I kind of doubt it. Yeah. It, you know, athletes now, even the lesser ones are all pushed by hangers orbit. You gotta be on, you know, I got a social media strategy for you, right? <laughs> they say, we're going to set this up, set th- that up. And I just wonder if any athletes are starting to come around to realize, look, I'm not important. I'm not going to be LeBron James. I'm not going to have a million followers. All this stuff right. is going to do me more harm than good, or has a chance to do me more harm than good. I'm I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, I, I think there's there's something to that. I mean, I think I I always think back to, you know, the All Star game a couple of years ago where Josh Hader's old tweet right. um, in the middle of a game. You know, someone had screenshots, those, and they went viral. And then in the days after that, there was more and more of that. And I'm sitting there thinking if you are an agent and you've got this valuable client, the first thing, the thing you should have been doing by the end of that all-star game, if you hadn't already was either having them wipe all of their tweets or go through all the search for certain keywords. And, you know, old tweets, it's a little bit different. You know, you've taken something that someone said when they were 14 or 15 and some school kid versus what, um, Leipzig fan is a 25 year old man. Still, there's that just shouldn't happen if if you're an agent doing his job, his or her job today. Yeah, and even even when you're you know not doing anything that is even remotely offensive, but you're too concerned about your online <laughs> stuff, sometimes it can yeah. really hurt your image in town. I think a lot of people, Scott, look at the quarterback of the Redskins right now and think, you know what, I like you, I want you to succeed, yeah. but. All this social media stuff. I... Yeah, I, I got to say, as as someone who does what I do for a living, I I think it's better when I think it's more interesting when when athletes do kind of open themselves up on on social media and you know maybe do a something that draws other people's ire from from time to time. Um, I know Haskins does. I know you know he's going to be heavily scrutinized and he's going to have to answer for that with his, with his play. But I think ultimately, you know, yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a distraction or some people think it's a distraction, but if he goes out and is much improved on the field and 
in 2020, no one's going to care what he's what he's right. tweeting, or I don't think they should. Yeah, nobody will care, but the thing is, if he's struggling and then there's one tweet with a photo that rings tone deaf or yep. comments you open yourself that, up you know, to more criticism, for sure. Right, or, or you get drawn into it. Uh, do you remember, were you on the beat when Robert Henson of the Redskins got into it on Twitter, the backup linebacker for the Redskins? I, I remember that story. I wasn't on the beat yet. I remember that story. And then even just two years ago, maybe you remember Mason Foster. And yes, it was also an Instagram DM. He was yes. saying, you know, F this fan base and F this team. Right. And later said that, you know, oh, I gave my cousin permission to run my Instagram account yesterday and had to come out and apologize. So it Your happened cousin a lot. Excuse did you see in, in Baltimore where Earl Thomas tweeted out, please, no questions about my incident? And one of the replies to that on Twitter was from uh, running back, um, God, I'm having brain fog today, saying, come on now, uh, from Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram <laughs> Mark said, Ingram. yeah, Mark Ingram goes, what do you mean? You, your brother, a couple side pieces, and a gun was drawn. We got questions, and it wasn't like a smiley emoji, ha-ha. It came off like his teammate is not happy about this. That is unbelievable. I had not seen that, that reply from Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> apparently that's, apparently that's out there. I know. It's a, it's a crazy world. Let me uh, really quick before I let you go, get your thoughts, because you've covered a lot of FedEx field-related angles. Uh, no yep. primetime games for the Redskins. My poll question yep. today is how much of it is due to the fact it's just it televises badly with the way the stadium is now half and half and kind of being downscaled so uh, crudely in some ways. Is that a factor, do you think, in the TV networks not wanting to come here? Oh, interesting. Well, I will never forget talking to Booger McFarland before last year's Monday night game against the Bears on a a conference call with reporters, and he referred to FedEx Field as an iconic, historic venue. (laughs) Um, But that said, I think that's a a valid reason to not have any home primetime games for sure, because it is, I mean, besides the look of the field, as, as you mentioned, the the, the crowd where it's it doesn't you know, sound the good. Ravens are in town is going to yeah. be three fourths purple. Um, oh, yeah, God. I, I think that oh, that's reasonable. God. Yeah, thanks thanks for reminding us of that. How that date's going to play out this year? Let's hope it's fifty <laughs> we'll fifty. At one p.m. Right. That well, yeah. There you go. That's a that's a story for you right there. How deep is the purple tide going to be with Lamar Jackson <laughs> and the Ravens coming to town? How about the fact the Ravens don't get on a plane but once in like the first eight weeks of the season? It's all driving because of this. That's schedule. wild. Interesting. All right, Scott. We appreciate the time as always. Love reading your work in the post. We we will talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Scott. All right, there you go, uh, Scott Allen of the Washington Post. I would, Scott if at all possible, convince a young athlete, you're going to have a social media presence. You're not going to have any passwords to anything. When you're feeling the need to tweet something out, you say, hey, man, I want to tweet this out. I want to send this out. Call me. I'll get it out for you. I'm available 24-7, but you're not going to have any passwords. Or a simple voice text. Just pass it along. We'll get that right. Mr. Attenacumpo, just voice text me. We will get that up within <laughs> seconds. Good, good. Did okay, you, thanks. Did you see the uh, Chase Young video of him working out, doing push-ups in the middle of a darkened street at one eleven a.m.? I did not. 
Yeah, apparently uh, he exercises. Chase nice. Young's great shape. incredible Adonis-like body is not just because he eats skinless chicken and goes to bed at 10 o'clock every night. Quick break. We're back after this. Now back to the Steve Zabin Show on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. All right, bunch of text messages here. Let's go through a couple of them uh, to be sure. From the 203 Zabe, Coach Rivera has never finished with a winning percentage below 375, so at least six wins this year. The upside depends on Haskins' play and the overall team injuries. Hmm. Of course, Rivera was fired last year. So how do you count that winning percentage? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those, uh, they count as bases on balls, Abe, not an at-bat, I guess. But you okay. see the tweet from your, your boy uh, your boy Galdi last night regarding the Redskins stretch at Dallas, Pittsburgh, and San Fran in weeks 12 through 14. Know this. Ron went 44-30 and 30 in November December and January in his regular season games, including a ridiculous 41 and 19 over the first seven years. His Panthers routinely played better later. Yeah, well, that's that's a good nugget from Galdi. Galdi always has the good nuggets. Of course, as they say in mutual fund investing, past results are no guarantee of future success. Fair. So there's that. Um, this from the two four zero Zabe regarding uh, your how is the NFL coming out? Guns a blazing with potential uncertainty regarding fans, stadiums, and municipalities, et cetera, et cetera. Don't forget, Zabe, MPDC chief is head of security, dot, dot, dot. They know. Is Kathy Lanier still with the league office? They've got so many high-level executives that talk to so many entities around the country. Interesting. Uh, 5-4-0, if the NFL schedule does slide, does that mean that the Dallas game could be played away on Thanksgiving, or is the NFL so powerful that they'll move Thanksgiving Day itself for all of us? <laughs> Why? Don't, we don't want to do it, but if necessary, Thanksgiving will be the week after Christmas. <laughs> Christmas, then Thanksgiving, as the pandemic permits. Yeah, I didn't think about that. How about this in the schedule? A Friday game. Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. The balls on Goodell and the Shield to say to the NBA, oh, oh, I didn't know you were playing games today. That's interesting. We thought we'd play a game today, too, just to see, you know, who'd watch. Dude, see, they, see who's talking they, about they us. They have no shame in planting their flag no, or planting their shield. I None. I think there was a note that said there's only been 10 Friday games in the history of the league. Can you remember in your lifetime a Friday game? I, I mean, wasn't I can't. The, 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 the hurricane Miami hosted a Friday night game in advance of a there storm? There you go. Yes. Right. That's probably one of the ten right there. I mean, this is, again, the league saying, I drink your milkshake. Drink it up. Packers week 16 game is an either-or, Saturday or Sunday. They haven't even announced it yet. 
uh, which is something I also have never seen. Have you? Yeah, that's the that's the Saturday. You know, it'll either go Saturday or Sunday when they have the the two games or the and then they have they been doing the this for a while? Yes, okay. absolutely. They'll mix them up, Fair and the, you know, one of them goes to the NFL Network. I'm trying to get your answer. There have been only there have been only 21 games on Christmas since the 1970 merger, but there have also been on according to Pro Football Reference only 10 NFL games played on a Friday. Also, that's it. since yeah. the merger. Yeah, so um, it's one thing, you know, Christmas is on a Saturday or a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday. Hey, we're we're the NFL. We play games on those dates, on those days of the week. Friday is new. <laughs> I think it's definitely a shot at the NBA. Awesome. Sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Luckily, some of us have more than one TV, and we'll watch all of it. 414-ZAVE, a lack of primetime games might be the league's way of nudging ownership towards trying to get there together. If you want primetime games then the re- and the revenue that goes with them, then maybe stop worrying about who calls you Mr. and get a competitive team on the field and get some fans in that dump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the league wants the skins to be better, but there's only so much they can do. And, you know, Dan's trying. He tried fairly earnestly for a while there. And now he's going to try again with Ron Rivera. And, I mean, I, I like the structure in place. I'm as hopeful and confident about this setup as I have been in a while. We shall see. Coming up, 5 o'clock hour, Frank Caliendo has taken one deep when it comes to coaches impersonations on schedule day. And I'll have your stat of the day and why the NBA's return could be stickier than I had previously considered. All that and more straight ahead. Don't go.